Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. So, we were talking earlier about, obviously, the biggest news story that's happened really since, uh, where were you when Chip Kelly got fired? I think I was just at a buddy's house. Yeah? Yeah. I had the day off. It was, like, around the Christmas, like, break. I was on vacation, um, and I remember driving in the car. I was actually in Millville. I had a meeting in Millville about for something, and I was driving in the car, and I was listening to 97.3 ESPN when I heard Chip Kelly has been fired. So it was reverse roles. Who was hosting it? Was you, were you hosting that day? Who were you hosting with? I was by myself. Oh, wow. Solo. I don't think, I thought I remember, it was what, 20, was Pete Thompson on with you that day? PT, were you here the day Chip Kelly got fired? Uh, no, that was 2015, December 30th, 2015. So I probably was still in flux between Comcast Sportsnet and, you know, trying to dip my toe in the 97.3 water and, and all that moving back and forth. But no, I wasn't on with Josh. I remember that. So it's really, now, when we, Chip, yeah, go ahead. When he got hired though, I just wanted to say when Chip Kelly got hired, that is a memorable day for me because it was my birthday. And I remember waking up at like six in the morning or six thirty in the morning to drive over to Absagami High School to try and catch another Kelly, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame, who was recruiting that kid, uh, the quarterback at Absagami. And Brian Kelly gave me the world's worst stink eye ever. And I thought, oh, you're a di blank blank, right? <laughs> and you're you're a Richard, right? And then I went up and uh, went to the press conference for what turned out to be another Richard. So, uh, so maybe the Kelly people uh, stay away. We don't want any more Kellys. Well, give us your reaction yesterday, because when Chip Kelly got fired, I mean, it was still like a week left in the year. So it was a little surprising because of the timing, but it wasn't surprising because of the what was going on. They were just absolutely leaking oil. They lost that Saturday night against Washington. They were eliminated. And then it was a similar thing. Like, you know, Kelly basically was like, uh, or Lori basically was like, um, we're going to meet. And then boom, he was gone. Um, didn't even finish the season out. And yeah, who was it? Pat, Pat Shermer. Shermer took over, won that last game, and then they hired uh, you know Doug Peterson. But when you found out yesterday that Doug Peterson was not coming back, was it shocking? Was it surprising? Was it, eh, I kind of figured that was going to happen after the reports that they were going to meet. Right, that's the thing. Is the, the the reports that came out that he was going down to Florida to meet with Lurie again, and that maybe his job wasn't so secure, and and then you started thinking, oh, well, this could be an interesting meeting. I, and I remember thinking to myself instantly too, boy, I sure hope that we get some resolution. Monday, like something actually happens, whether they come out with a vote of confidence for Doug Peterson or something. And so I guess it was right about what, right? When you guys started your show at two o'clock, right? When it first got confirmed. And then I just, you know, of course I did what we do, which is you post something, you tweet something, you put something up on Facebook and there's a ton of people that, you know, uh, hate the move. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of people that understand the move and then there's the number one 
reaction that I got from everybody, and I happen to agree, is, well, why didn't they fire Howie, too? But, you know, uh, we don't need to go over that again. We know that Howie's obviously got secret pictures of Jeffrey Lurie in a compromising position or something like that. I mean, uh, come on. How does Howie keep his job? And then, and well, then the PT, comes out to, tomorrow and try, or yesterday and tries to defend him. To be fair, to be fair, there there have been bosses who also thought you've done a good job. So I mean, it's a uh, you know, <laughs> wow, love yes, that. Yes, yeah, you protected me. I appreciate it. You're right. I'm a no, I'm a no talent hack, but thank you for uh, letting me ride on your coattails. That's great. Did you get that vibe that Doug was walking out of that Florida meeting, going to get ice cream to celebrate? Because I mean, there's no way he didn't walk out of there with just a big sigh of relief. It, there's just oh, no way. Yeah, I think, look, Doug's not a moron, right? As much as we uh, question his play calling a lot of times, we get angry when you go for two and just kick the uh, extra point and all these things. Doug, Doug is is a smart enough individual to understand what was going to take place in that meeting and, and what hill he was willing to die on. And, you know, I, I've seen the narrative, too, that, like, uh, you know, he basically cost himself his job because he wanted Press Taylor to be his offense coordinator, right? You know, or, or don't, you know, it kind of reminds me, and you're probably too young, Broads, but Gil will get this reference, you know, uh, don't worry, my dad's got this awesome set of tools. I can fix it. That's from Fast Times at Richmond High. Well, Jeffrey Lurie wasn't buying that lemonade anymore. He's like, listen, your vision doesn't match my vision, and you're not going to budge, so we're just going to part ways. And Doug was like, all right, fine. You know, thanks for everything. You know, I mean, uh, who knows how it went in the room. But, I mean, the bottom line is is that uh, Doug will get another job. I think it'll be another head coaching job, but there's some people out there that think it'll be a coordinator job. I, I don't agree with that. I think he'll get another head coaching job somewhere, and I think quickly. And when I heard you yesterday, Gail, say, like, is it going to be today? Is it going to be this week? You know, I, I think it's going to be fairly quickly. Cause, well, my Sal, God, three years ago they won the Super Bowl. Sal Powell was on with Greeny earlier, and he, the indication he said he got was he wasn't sure that Doug wanted to get right back into it. Now that's possible, you know. I mean, and just think about like how unhappy Doug must have been this entire season. You know, you're stripped of all your power. I mean, even before the season started, you, you're embarrassed in front of the media when you're told that you tell Mike Gross coming back, and then all of a sudden, oops, sorry guys, actually he's not coming back. Right? I mean, all that Doug's done is been the loyal soldier and the loyal lieutenant. And then when push really comes to shove, and he, and he wants, you know, look, I got, I want one thing here, and they're like, no. Nope, Sorry, you're out of here. You know, you're you're going to be the guy that's leaving. Now, and so maybe that's enough to make him want to take a year off. Who knows? You said something that Bros and I were kind of going back and forth on in the break there, which was he just won the Super Bowl, and it's like people, you know, we had these, we've had these discussions over a drink at the bar. I'd win one Super Bowl and then I'd lose for ten years to get that Super Bowl. Well, we found out you wouldn't lose for two one year. It took. One stinking losing year for people want everybody fired. So these people, I'd win the Super Bowl and I'd lose for 10 years. No, you wouldn't. You want yeah, change. I mean, like, so my point is, like, does Roseman or Peterson, like, do they get any credit? Does their resume sparkle at all because they just won a Super Bowl three? Or is that just, like... And we were going back and forth in this, Broads, and it was a good conversation. It's like, what is – if you win the Super Bowl within a five-year window and then in three years, that's off your resume. Like, what can I strive to achieve to please anyone if building a roster that won – look, I'm not going to win the Super Bowl every single year, okay? So if, if, you're, if your expectation is 
You need to build a roster that's going to win a Super Bowl every year. Otherwise, you're a failure. That's not happening. But if I built a, a roster that won the Super Bowl, and then I went after it again in 2018 and we fell short, and then we went after it again in 2019 and we fell short, what is the criteria to say this person has been a success at his job rather than he's a problem? I mean, for me, my criteria is the fact that he made the playoffs in 2019, you know, with a, or, you know, uh, when, when guys go that Doug has ne- never lost the locker room and he always seemed to have those December rallies. I mean, and the thing that stands out to me is, yes, he's three removed three years removed from winning the Super Bowl. But the reality is, is that two of the two of the three key people that were, well, two of the three big names that were behind that Super Bowl, two of them are on the Philly Philly statue outside the stadium and they're gone. Right. And now the only guy that remains is the one that everybody's so ticked about. You know, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't see that organizationally, the Eagles have a talent evaluation problem. And the person that is the most blind to that is the owner of the team who started off yesterday by saying two, three, four, five, five. It's Philly, man. I don't want to wait five years to get some GD talent in here. I want talent tomorrow. Let's go. Love it, PT. So my thought process on the whole Super Bowl thing is, you know, Doug did not get this deserve to be fired, by the way. It wasn't necessarily for what he has done. It's the fact that they got a disconnect involved between both parties for how to fix things. So, you know, the Super Bowl obviously has value, but it doesn't mean that's who you are forever. For example, Mike McCarthy won the Super Bowl, and I don't think people view him as this great, great, great coach. So if they don't look at Doug Peterson, if if they look into the future and say, I don't know if that's really who you are moving forward, I think they have the right to make that change, even though they made the change because they don't think that the coaching staff is what was best for the franchise. Well, and I did say McCarthy, he won that Super Bowl and then I think had a long enough period of time afterwards to, to kind of say, okay, like it wasn't three years. Right, afterwards. no, I agree. This McCarthy, is out there. Yeah, McCarthy won the Super Bowl and then it was a, you know, a, 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 I don't know, eight years after that they finally said, okay, you won that Super Bowl? And we're giving – he got eight I, – I don't know how many years it was. I'll have to look that up. But um, they won the Super Bowl. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. And afterwards. how many playoff runs? One. They won the Super Bowl. Then they went to the playoffs. One, two, three, four, five, six consecutive so that, years. So that's – look, that comes right back to this is, you know, you talk – well, what is a playoff run? Is that even valid? Like, uh, no, it's uh, – clearly it's not. I mean, the guy went to six straight playoff runs. It's not – it's not enough. So I don't think it's ridiculous to not value playoff runs as much as some others would. Well, I would say – and P.T., McCarthy had a ton of success. They won a Super Bowl. They went to the playoffs six straight years. They won 10, 15, 11, 8, 12, 10, and 10 games. And then they fell to 7 and 9. And then they fell to 4 to 7. I think he got fired more not because they thought he couldn't coach, but because he didn't get along with the most important player there. And that was yeah, the factor Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, which is also, also another thing. You know, I talk about Press Taylor and Doug wanting to make some decisions and have his guys, but this, you know, irrevocably broken relationship with Carson Wentz and that whole narrative 
Doug is essentially the scapegoat, you know. Uh, I, and by the way, Broads, I don't feel like Doug should have been fired either. I thought they should have given him another year. But, you know, when you sit there and look at the contract that Wentz has and Lurie's love of what he thinks Wentz can be, and he's the owner, then somebody has to go. And it ain't Howie, and it ain't Wentz. So who goes? It's Peterson. And I, and I look at it like this. Here's the other thing that jumps out at me, guys, is if you're, tr- if you're the Eagles and you're trying to lure somebody in, to bring somebody in and say, this is a good job, you want to come in, Everybody that's out there has to sit there and look at it and say, well, wait a second. They had Andy Reid forever, and he had good success, but then he had one bad year, and boom, they fired him. They had Chip Kelly, and he had success in his first two years, but then he slid a little bit in his third year, boom, they fired him. Doug Peterson made the playoffs last year. and he had I mean, trust me, it's an abysmal year. And, again, I always go back to that line in National Treasure where uh, Harvey Keitel says to Nicholas Cage, somebody's got to go to jail, right? Somebody's got to pay, right? So Doug Peterson was the scapegoat. He had to pay for this, or he engineered his exit. Either way, he's gone, but then my biggest concern is, who are you going to get to come in when they sit there and go, good Lord, Doug Peterson's a hell of a coach. He couldn't do anything with this team. Why the hell do I want to go there? See, I'm not as concerned about the new guy. Like, you know, you used to have that whole feeling of like, hey, be careful what you wish for. I think, you know, um, this job is an attractive job. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. There's 32 of them. There's so many quality. The last time around, when they hired Doug, I was not interested or excited about any of the candidates. Like, there wasn't a guy that was like, that's the guy. There's five or six guys that I'm like, I'll take that guy. I like that guy. So maybe they just felt like this isn't, this is the right time to try to change the philosophy of the organization. Cause you just said it, Pete. Something had to change. And just yeah. having Jim Schwartz step down wasn't going to suffice. Something had to be different about this team. Wentz, isn't likely not going to be going anywhere. Lori certainly not going anywhere. Roseman certainly not going anywhere. So if something drastic was going to change, it was going to have to be the coach. And I think they saw a situation. The Eagles said, "There's a lot of good candidates right now. This might be a good time to try to. We got to do something. We well, got to shake quick. up the. We got to shake up the, the complexion of this team. Right. But if they did keep the, and maybe it necessarily didn't have to be the head coach. They weren't getting rid of Roseman. No, 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 no. I wasn't going that far. But <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to no, say, no, well, no. maybe they kept Ro- No. If they clearly agreed on a coaching staff that would benefit both parties, I think Doug still would have been here. And would that have been a big enough change? Maybe getting in a real OC. No, see, I think that's where Lori realized I can't bring back that. You saw the reaction when we tweeted out what Sal said about Press Taylor. But that's what I'm saying. But those are going to shut alleged, down the internet. Jim Caldwell. I'm just, uh, hypothetically speaking, a guy who has experienced OC, been around. Would that be enough of a change of the offense where that would satisfy a it's big a enough question. change? It's a good question. Uh, that, that, that to me, uh, Jim Caldwell is offensive coordinator or Jim Caldwell is the head coach? OC. Offensive, like if Peterson, because uh, apparently one of the battles was Peterson wanted to elevate Press Taylor and Laurie said that's not going to fly. So right. Broads is saying, what if Laurie said, you're the coach, but Jim Caldwell is going to be your offensive coordinator and he's going to be the play caller. And Peterson right. and essentially if, and didn't want that. And if you're Doug, that, that's the proverbial drawing of the line in the sand. And if you're Doug, right, you've got to stand question is, at some point Broad's question like, was, Broad's question was, would that have been sufficient enough for the fan base to say, okay, you made a change? I think yes. Uh, I think... 
so I'm going to say no. You know, and that's what's funny about that is that the, the fan base didn't feel like Doug, or a lot of the fan base doesn't feel like Doug deserved to be fired. I'm not going to say everybody, obviously, but a lot of the fan base feels like Howie was ahead of Doug on the who to blame list. But the flip side of that is, is I don't think anybody that they could have brought in was going to fix the relationship between Wentz and Peterson. And then the jury's still out on whether or not Hertz is a quality enough. I mean, I don't, I don't think any of us sitting here right now think that Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. So then you sit there and think like, oh my God, there's a lot more problems on this team than just at the quarterback position. They got a lot of holes to fill. You know, I sure did like that national championship game last night, but anyhow, uh, I'm getting off on a tangent. Please go ahead. Uh, it's your turn. <laughs> All right. Tuesday with Thompson. PT's here. So do you have a preference of coach? Like, is there a guy that, because I have a, we're doing our fives coming up. I, got I made my top five. You want my list? I'll go five to one for you. I made my top five, and I even did show prep and uh, put in stats and reasons why I think they could be the guy and reasons why I don't think they could be the guy. 2021 really is a little odd. PT I'm just actually game-planned and wrote things down. We'll and- see what happens. Well, I, tweeted out, I tweeted out a tease with my five and put a picture of the guy that I like, and then PT saw it and said, well, if that's what they're going to talk about, I better be prepared. That's correct. I can't be caught here with my proverbial pants down. So, uh, yeah, all right, here's my five. Uh, if they go in the direction of Hertz, right, and if Wentz really is hell-bent on leaving, then Lincoln Riley has to be on your list. So he's my number five, right? Lincoln Riley's 45 and eight, three appearances in the college football playoff, two Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks, and, of course, him and Hertz. That's if they go that way. That would be why he's a great offensive mind. I think that would work, you know. Uh, but the flip side of that is – you know, would he jump? He just got an extension in Oklahoma. You know, are they tr- scarred from the Chip Kelly experience and don't want to go to a college coach or a brilliant college mind before? So, I mean, that's a reason why they would and why they wouldn't. You know, uh, Eric Bieniemy's name is my, that's my four, right? And Eric Bieniemy, I mean, there's a lot, he's getting a lot of attention right now. The Chiefs, that fast break offense, Patrick Mahomes, you know, everything that he's done out there, plus, He's a minority. Let's not overlook that, right? You know, and, you know, the simplest reason, why would they hire him? Well, gee, the last time they hired away an offensive coordinator from Andy Reid, they won the Super Bowl. Now, why wouldn't they? I mean, where do we start? You know, uh, they might have to outbid somebody. They might, you know, they're not exactly the same, but that would be kind of, to the fan base, I think it would feel like uh, deja vu, that that movie. Uh, Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator, and I, I keep going offense. In fact, let me look at my list here again. I don't know that I have a defensive guy on here. Nope, all five of them are offense because I just think uh, that that's the way that Jeffrey Lurie looks at things first and foremost. I know he says it's going to be a committee and every you know they're all going to talk about it, but really this is Jeffrey Lurie's decision. And, and he even tried to, like, uh, brag about how he's been through this before, so they're going to get the right guy. Okay, Jeffrey. Uh, Dable's only 45, and uh, two words for him. I mean, his selling point is Josh Allen, you know. He took the bills, for God's sakes, into relevancy and, and – uh, and an above-average offense. So, you know, but can he repeat that uh, long-term? But he's on my list. He's number three. Two is the guy in-house, you know, and I'm okay. Like, if, if we got all the way through this and they hired Deuce Staley to be the head coach, I think my initial reaction would be like, ugh. But the reality of it is, is the guy's outlasted three head coaches, three different head coaches. He's a total company man. If you look at the job as something where, you know, yes, how he's really got the power and the control, then Deuce is maybe your guy. Plus, he has the respect of the players. He'd never lose the locker room, not that Doug did, but he wouldn't have divisiveness. 
You know, I mean, you saw the Malcolm Jenkins tweet yesterday. That was strong to me. And then this is the one you're allowed to rip me on, Gil, but I'm sorry. I love Greg Roman, and I'd love to see Greg Roman be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. From Vetner, born in Atlantic City, 48 years old, Holy Spirit, you know, all the guys done. And, and you know what? I even tried to think about, like, well, maybe he's only running quarterback, so that'd be if they went to Hertz way because of Colin Kaepernick or Tyrod Taylor or Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was the offensive coordinator at Stanford, and Andrew Luck isn't winning the 40-yard dash anytime soon. So, I mean, he just is a dynamic offensive guy, you know. So uh, that, that I'd love to see him be the head coach, but that's just me. All right, there's PT's five. Interesting list, solid list. What'd you think? There wasn't a, I thought Mike Keenan would be on that list. I'm surprised no. It's <laughs> good. I'm surprised there's oh, no yeah. defense though. Why not Todd Bowles? Temple tough. Uh, Todd Bowles would be fine. That's you where know, I was going. Uh, right. Todd Bowles would be fine. And you know, any any of the de- I just think Laurie's going to lean on offense. I mean, he admittedly leans in that direction. You know, uh, and uh, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, sickness and health, it, it, you know, it's an offensive-driven league. Defense wins you championships. Defense is the reason that you ultimately win a football game. But, you know, it's that old chicks dig long ball commercial or, you know, the offense is what's sexy. It's a vertical league, right? So I just feel that's why I, I would be disingenuous if I put a defensive guy on my list. Did you watch the football game on Nickelodeon? I didn't watch the uh, the SpongeBob go up in the end zone. Like I saw the highlights later. I watched it regular, but then I, I mean, social media was blowing up. So of course, how we watch things today—you have your phone in your hand, you're looking at the game, you're doing five things at once—and so I kept seeing all these tweets and social media about it. So then when I saw the highlights later, I saw that the SpongeBob went up between the goalposts or the you know uh, slime, the end zone got slimed and stuff. I mean, listen. Uh, if we could put Aqib Tlaib on a broadcast as a color guy and give me more Aqib, right? Give me more SpongeBob. I'm okay with it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, this Doug Peterson news is definitely overtaking that great weekend of football we had, you know, which makes sense, but there were some good games. I don't even remember what happened. Well, that Bills game was great. The Ravens and the uh, the Tennessee Titans was good. Lamar gets his first win. It was a lot. But it can't overshadow, PT, the first puck drop of the year tomorrow. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, did you guys see that the, they're going to have a sponsor on their helmets? Yes, I did. You know, because, right, but did you see who the sponsor is? I did not. The, well, I'll give you a hint. It's not Wawa. It's not Pats or Geno's, right? The, the sponsor is like some investment company or something like that. I never heard of them. So tomorrow when social media blows up with people asking what TCS is, it's Tata Consultancy Services, whatever the hell that is. Well, I guess I'm used to it because when you watch the World Juniors and all that, they all have logo. I mean, this is a – the NHL is like the last one to do this, so I guess I'm just kind of accustomed to it at this point. And did you see Bettman put his foot in his mouth where he said, basically, we're lucky that we're having a season or, or I could just as easily cancel the season? Like, dude, don't say that. Like, I know you're thinking it, but don't say that. I did not, but I'm excited, Pete. Did you watch any of the orange and the white uh, inner squad scrimmage on NBC Sports Philadelphia the other day? Absolutely. You me know too. I did. Yeah, me too. I watched the heck out of it, and I thought I thought it was hilarious because, you know, here they are. They've been practicing the shootout, and again, like deja vu. They just kept going and going and going <laughs> and going until finally, wasn't it Raffle? Was it Raffle that put it away? It was. Like, took a little half slapper and was like, all right, boys, let's end this bleep, you know, and then he just had that look on his face where he was just laughing because, you know, uh, I mean, 
I'm not saying they're going to be dynamic at shootouts, but good Lord, nine rounds? Just somebody put the fuck <laughs> into the broadcast can end. All right, uh, Tuesday with Thompson. Of course, PT will be back for a happy hour Friday. And, of course, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. All right, Peter, have a good one. All right, man, I'll be listening for your five coaches next. I'm looking forward to it. Good tease. We got that coming up at 530 here on the Sports Bash. PT here on the Sports Bash brought to you by Matt Blatt Kia. They want to get you approved today. 6211 Black Horse Pike, Egg Harbor Township. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show. At Broads 81. So John Harbaugh won the Super Bowl in 2012. He has not won one since. And he had a rough time after that. Eight and eight. You know, they were 12 and 4. They were 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 12 and 4, 12 and 4. They won the Super Bowl at 10 and 6. Then after that, 8 and 8, 10 and 6, 5 and 11, 8 and 8, 9 and 7. There was a lot of talk that they were going to get rid of him. They didn't go to the playoffs, uh, but once in that run there. But they stuck out with them, and they haven't won the Super Bowl again since. But 9 and 7, 10 and 6, 14 and 2, 11 and 5. So there is some like patience involved here of, hey, you got to a Super Bowl. We know that you have that in you. And they stuck with him. I don't know. They haven't won a Super Bowl since. Does that mean that was a bad decision? Not necessarily. No. No, I don't think so. I think it goes against what Laurie wants, though, and that's something you brought up yesterday. He wants stability. He wants to be the Steelers, yet we're on our third coach in eight years, so it's not adding up, and that's his decision, ultimately. Well, he had Andy for 14. That's right, but since then, it's it's been turnaround, turnaround, turnaround. Well, the, the, the Kelly one, I give him credit for getting out of. That's fair. This one, I don't know that he wanted to get out of. I think it's spiraled out of control. But, but who gets blamed for that? Yeah. I don't know. A little Lori. bit of everybody. Lori. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, our five coming up next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. If Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl, felt like he was a puppet to a degree, how much control do you actually have to make decisions as a head coach? That's a major question you have to ask yourself if you're a candidate. Now, I know the money will be good and somebody will accept the job, but. At 5.30, we're going to give you the list of our five candidates that we are most excited about. You can send us the candidate you're most excited about. Send us a text, 609-403-0973. Hit us up. What candidate are you most excited about? Like, if you could go with a bullhorn and just state your case for your candidate... Who's that guy? 609-403-0973. Lots of great football this weekend, Gil. And DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend. And if your team wins, you cash $100. Let's not forget about the 2021 basketball season and the daily odds boost every day. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so these are the five guys we're most excited about. Yes. Now, do you have yours in order of excitement? Yes, I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, so the five guys that you would like to see get the job, you can text yours in 609 403 0973 609-403-0973. So these are the five guys that we're most excited about. These would be the fine five 
picks for the Eagles' next head coach. Ooh. So we'll start number five. Who right. do you got? I got Joe Brady. Now he's a younger guy. Joe Brady. The, the thing is, you're kind of going out on a limb for hey, him. Joe Brady. And I understand. Would you that. win one Super Bowl and then lose for ten years? Come Cheers on. to that, Joe. That's the guy that sits at the bar, Joe Brady. You think? <laughs> no. I mean, I always. Uh, this is off topic a little bit, but I always thought if I named my son Tom. And he became the New England Patriots quarterback for 20 years and just won Super Bowls. Tom Brody. Imagine going from Tom Brady to Tom Brody. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty solid, huh? But I think Joe Brady, he's intriguing young guy. I know everyone's going with this philosophy. It seems you want that younger guy, that offensive guru, if you will. But I think his resume is definitely intriguing and he's had a lot of success. You would be going out on a limb because, you know, you really don't truly know. But let's be realistic. He's raising a lot of eyebrows to this point. Offensive coordinator of the Panthers, Joe Brady's my five. 31 years old. 31. Young guy. How does that, how do you react with your teammates that are 38, 37, 36, or not your teammates, but your your team? Like, you're a 31 year old. You're going to look at a 36 year old, and it's just, it's a weird dynamic. It's the way the world going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eric B. Enemies, my number five. The minute Peterson and the Eagles part ways, his name has come up. He will be a hot name this offseason. He's already got seven head coaching. Um, uh, he's already got a, several meetings, Lions, Jets, Falcons, Jags. Look, he's the coordinator with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's head coaches go on to have success. It's worked with Patrick Mahomes. That offense is great, although they weren't as good this year. I think it's just because they're, they're almost like waiting for the postseason. I know that's not right, but they, it's like they knew they're so good. We'll just get to the playoffs. Well, it's uh, one of the best NFL offenses in points, yards, yards per play, passing touchdowns during his tenure there. So he's number five on my list. Yeah, so. it's a little surprising. It's a, definitely. My number four is Deuce. Uh, I think that Deuce just has something in this organization and has that power to move people. He, we talk about what Doug Peterson does so well, which is leader men. Deuce Daly is definitely that. I was reading something about Miles Sanders, how he was literally crying in tears after the first year here, preaching about how Deuce Daly was such like a father figure to him. I was pretty like blown away with the reaction of Miles Sanders towards him. That just shows me what type of power he has. We saw Malcolm Jenkins tweet out about him. There are some concerns, play calling standpoint and things of that nature, but he has that element of the leader of men. And I think he is so damn respected in this organization that uh, he's on my list at number four. Who's on your list? 609-403-0973. Number four for me, Mike Kafka. He's the Chiefs quarterback coach. Former Eagles draft pick. Moved up the ranks quickly. He was an offensive quality control coach. Then he was the team's quarterback coach. He's currently the quarterback coach and passing game coordinator for Patrick Mahomes. 33 years old, young guy. Look, I'm not sitting here telling you I know everything about Mike Kafka, but this is what in intrigues me about Kafka. Third-string quarterback, Northwestern, those are the guys that make it. Those are the guys that become the great head coaches. I mean, he, Northwestern's not a football school. He's a smart guy that played quarterback at a non-football school. That's the... So I don't have, like, some brilliant reason why, but he fits the mold, not to mention Andy Reid. He's been around Andy. He was drafted by Andy. He's been in Andy's offense, working with Mahomes. He's also the quarterback's coach with Patrick Mahomes. 
When he walks in and Parson Wentz says, you work with Patrick Mahomes? Okay, I think I have to listen. So getting the best out of Wentz is why Kafka is higher on the list than the enemy for me. You better watch what you say, though. Matt Klintak went to Dartmouth, and that doesn't mean that. Uh, yeah, but you that's know what different. I mean? That's like you know, <laughs> at least Big Ten. I like know. they're in like a football conference. I know. I'm just kidding with you. Uh, number three on my list is Dable. I like what's going on with Buffalo right now. The offense is rolling. Josh Allen has definitely taken a big step. In, in his career, for sure, he's super exciting to watch. He's been around the block a little bit. He was previously with the Browns, Dolphins, Chiefs, Alabama. He's been around. He's got a lot of experience, and he's a hot item on the list for many. I like Dable, and I think that, you know, you look at Josh Allen and the way that he has kind of taken a step, maybe that can happen for Carson Wentz. Uh, number three on my list. Who's on your list? 609-403-0973. Who would be... Your choice to be the next coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. My number three is Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to interview him. And one of the reasons why is we talked about this off the air. You brought up a good point is he would bring along the offensive coordinator from the 49ers with him. I love that offense. I love the pieces that they have out there in that offense. Do the Eagles have the pieces to emulate that? Eh, not so sure. But I think they would target. They have Rieger. They've got Greg Ward, who's not a speedster. So you've got to find some more pieces. I don't know what else they have at wide receiver coming back. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside I don't think fits the mold. But I like the, the offense that San Francisco runs. I would love to see that here. I think Salah is a very good defensive mind. Plus, he's a good motivator. All right, you're talking about Deuce Daly being a leader of men. I think that's what you're getting with Robert Salah. I like the concept of bringing in the San Francisco offense with him. So he's number three on my list. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? If you tie together what Laurie was saying with looking more of the future than just the right now and the next season, if you want to bring that offense in here, it might take a little bit of years to get those pieces that you want, but... That's just what it is at this point. You're going to have to look in the future. Maybe in the next two seasons you have enough pieces to really bring in that offense and personnel that makes a lot of sense. My number two is B Enemy. He is the hottest item on the market for sure. Uh, look, you're under Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid's coaching tree speaks for itself. I actually had someone tell me that they want to go in another direction. Doug Peterson was part of the Andy Reid tree. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Thinking, what? In what world would you look at the resume of who comes out of Andy Reid's coaching tree and go, I don't want that. I think you can make the case if you go down Bill Belichick's tree and say they normally don't have a lot of success. But why would you not want to go to one person who coaches their coaches so well? That made no sense to me. I like what the enemy brings to the table. He's been one of the you know per people who have been in the discussion for a couple years now. It seems this might be his year. Number two for me, the enemy. Uh, number two for me. Now this is the guy that I tweeted out. Okay, so he's not your number one. Ah, uh, well, he's my number one college coach, but he would be <laughs> my number. I mean, he's one B to your one A. I would be very excited. Uh, I think this guy is going to be a super football coach West Virginia ties uh no okay I'm just not trouble. to my knowledge okay. he might have been like no um played at Pitt so he has some ties oh there you go probably lost to West Virginia yeah yeah of time. course of course um and that's Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell I love this guy yeah he's he's, he's something I absolutely love his energy I absolutely love what he brings to the table 
Uh, he's been the head coach at Iowa State since 2016. Look, Iowa State is not the easiest place to recruit and do things. They've been to four straight bowls. They were 9-3 and three this year. I've seen him for the last however many years against what his energy on the sideline. Um, I just think that he is a guy that's going to be, you know, like Pat Fitzgerald's a name that ex- would be interesting from Northwestern. That's got that energy. You know, he's got that energy and they feed off of him kind of like Matt rule, a guy who was a good college coach, but not this high profile coach, but it will be a, a motivator of men and and change your complexion of the energy of that program. So I think if you want to go completely outside the box and you want to completely just change the energy of your football team, you bring in a college coach, but not a gimmicky college coach. Right. They're not, you know, if you watch Iowa State, they're not like a gimmicky team. Right. Matt Rule wasn't gimmicky in college. He just had his identity and that, I mean, look at what he's doing now, right? So... I agree with you. It's not this gimmicky, like this this hot guy that everybody wants, that hot item guy that everyone speaks about every year from college. No, this is more of your solidified, this is what he is. You either want it or you don't want it. You know what I mean? It's not just about the program that they coached at. Dive deeper than that. Dive deeper than just Oklahoma, Alabama. This is more about who he is as a coach. You don't go to Iowa State and you don't have your, like you have your own identity when you go to schools like that. He is uh, on the interview list, I think, of the Jets. He declined the interview. Oh, wow. So I don't know if he's interested in the NFL currently. Huh. Now, that's interesting. If you were, let's say you're Nick Saban or some of these coaches that have this high power in the college football ranks, is there ever a need to make that jump? The Jay Wright, like these guys. Why? 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 Those guys don't need it. You're at Iowa State. It's a little different. Right. No, I agree with you. But I'm just looking at it from a college football perspective. If you are at the highest level, why make that jump? It's all about... You're comfortable. You don't got to worry about it. You yeah, know, it's all about do you want a new challenge. Right. And you would think, though, that these guys are competitive. I mean, that's why they're at the college football playoffs every year. Like Urban Meyer, it looks like he might be getting that opportunity. I'm a little shocked by that. Yeah, it might go to Jacksonville. Yeah. I, think I love the kid Campbell, though. Love yeah. Him. Yeah. No, it's a good pick for you, for sure. If, uh, if he got hired, I would not be upset. Outside the box, for sure, but I'm intrigued as well. That would be interesting. Uh, my number one is Salah, and I think that's because I think it's almost the, one of the most reality ones. Like it, it definitely has a good possibility in the mix. And we talked about bringing over an offensive coordinator with him, and then you can get real creative with the offense. I think it's his energy that he brings off. I feel it is almost the perfect fit from a personality standpoint, and everything that this city eats up and and loves, and it just correlates with. You mentioned he looks like Gabe Kapler. The personality is definitely different for sure, based off of. How realistic I think this move can possibly be. That's one of the reasons why it's so high on my list. He's a defensive guy. Jeffrey Laurie stated that that's not a big deal yesterday. I thought it was more just him giving us owner speak. Well, there's a lot of defensive names out there. Him, Todd Bowles. I'm really intrigued by him. And it's almost like I'd be stoked if that's the road they go down. I wouldn't have a problem with Robert Salah. He's number three on my list. But number one is uh, Brian Dable. From the Buffalo Bills. Um, look, Josh Allen to me is about as close in the NFL right now to Carson Wentz. And this guy has, Allen was a mess. Remember those fumbles in that playoff game where he was just running around, the ball was flying all over the place? He had a 
rough playoff game just a couple years ago. I mean, it was brutal to watch. Well, one of the biggest problems that Wentz had this year was that bothered me the most was completion percentage, right? Yep. Josh Allen was horrible in that in completion percentage. People weren't weren't, uh, weren't um, sure if he was ever going to be able to be a high percentage passer in the NFL, and uh, Brian Dable has not only got it out of him, he's made him almost an MVP candidate. That offense is explosive. Um, I, I like the fact that he's worked with McDermott, so that's, you know, uh, he'll bring some of that with him. He's also been in the New England, so you're hoping that of all the New England guys that maybe he's the guy that comes out of New England and, you know, brings whatever New England did, d- does whatever, I don't know. But um, I think the most important thing in the new coach is getting the most out of Carson Wentz. Unless... They're already thinking ahead and, and going Jalen Hurts. And we didn't even bring up the name Lincoln Riley. We know that there's ties there. By the way, Josh Allen completed 52%. That's about that's horrendous. Yes, it is. He was 58 the next year. This year he's 69. 69 from 52 to 69. And they acquired Diggs, which is a huge difference to the playmaking ability. Big time. He had 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like, I wonder how much Diggs plays into that percentage. Oh, well, I talked about this with uh, McNabb all the time. People, oh, McNabb, yeah. Yeah, you gave him Terrell Owens, and all of a sudden his completion percentage shot up to about 65 as opposed to where it was, like high 50s. So you're saying go get Devontae Smith? Is that what you're saying right now? Get him a wide out, baby. Uh, But Brian Dable would be my guy as number one. I need the guy that can fix Carson Wentz. Because, to me, Wentz is immovable almost. And if, guess what? If he is moved, someone better go up to Howie Roseman and shake his hand. If Howie Roseman figures out a way to move Carson Wentz, someone should give him credit for that. Do you think? Does that mean it's necessarily the right thing to do, though? I mean, it puts you back in dead cap. Just because they do it doesn't necessarily mean it should be praised. It could be a bad move. I'm not I'm not saying it will be. I'm just saying well, it doesn't necessarily mean. Well, I'm saying so many people say you can't do it. Like, oh, it's immovable. Well, you I can't think they, do it. they say you can't do it just because of the dead cap money it puts on your right. books. Not because it's impossible to do. Right. But, I mean, it, ultimately, if my point would be, I guess, I don't see a good scenario having these two guys back. I agree with you. So, if he can figure out a way to move Wentz, then I give him credit for Lori said assets. Well, I would give him credit once I see what the outcome is of it. Right? Like, if it turns out being a dumpster fire, do I give him credit for doing something that ends up being a bad move? Right, if I get a fourth-round pick and that's it, sure. Right. But I, I think more like long-term, like what does Wentz become? What does the alternative become? you can't come? worry about that. Well, sure you can. That's part of it. You're giving you up on it. You can't worry about what he's going to be somewhere else. But isn't that part of it? That You're trading him because you no longer believe that he can be that here. Or that you'd no longer believe that he can be that guy. He might not be able to be that there. Just because he's something else there doesn't mean he was going to be that for you. Yeah, but I can't just credit the man for getting rid of someone without knowing what that really means. I, you can't think that way, though. Like Just because he left and was successful somewhere else doesn't but necessarily my, mean he was going to be successful I'm a little confused. Like, Why would I give Howie credit for getting rid of him? Why is that well, automatically a people, positive? Because the, there's a lot of people out there that don't want Wentz anymore. That's what I'm saying. For those people, for those people. Okay. I'm saying if you're one of those people that doesn't think Wentz can play, oh, they to should move thank, on, I got then you. they should be the ones thanking Roseman. They're probably also the same right. people who want Roseman gone. That's the connection I'm looking for. Yeah. Yes, now I understand completely. Because those people hate Roseman. So you're going to hate Roseman, and then you're not going to give him credit for getting rid of someone that you hate also. Correct. I got I connected it. Uh, 
couple text messages coming in I want to read off. Guys, I got an outside-the-box Herm Edwards. I'm out on that. <laughs> Pat Fitzgerald. I wouldn't mind Fitzgerald. He's, I think he's more of a... Lou Riddick is a name that pops up here. That's not a coach. That's well, for the exactly. for the GM spot. Well, there's no GM opening here. You're right. You are correct. Uh, Ron Jaworski, out. I mean, who's really typing Ron Jaworski? Maybe Charles. You think he's listening? He's like, hey, guys, what about me? Robert Salah. Yep. Eric Bieniemy, Sure. Lincoln Riley. Yeah, we left him off the list. Both of us. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm a little shaky on going back down the college coach. I got bit down that way once. Yeah, and the defense thing is big. Like, who does he know so well that you're, unless he doesn't have say and they bring in somebody on their own? All right. Sports Best brought to you by WinBet. They've arrived in New Jersey. Download BetWin. Go to winbet.com. Sign up. Start winning today. Coming up tonight at 6.15, Dave Weinberg. Did the Eagles make a mistake? Josh will have Dave on at 6.15, plus Paul Hudrick as the Sixers get ready for the heat. It's Sixers. All right, we'll wrap up the show with the five. Uh, good show today. A lot of fun. Spirited. Always. Now, I'm actually going to give you six questions. It's going to be sort of like a Casey Joyner thing. One thought on every game over the last games. How about that? Browns, Steelers. Browns? Wow. How about that? The first snap of the game over the head. They get the touchdown. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think Pouncey was on the take in that game. What oh, the hell was man. it? Oh, then he low later on in the game, he snapped one low. Uh, I think the biggest story, well, first off, if Cleveland won a playoff game and there was no one in the stadium to see it, did it actually happen? Yeah, and the coach wasn't even there. I no mean, coach. you can't add this thing up together. It's wild. Um, Wentz's huge story, Roethlisberger, he's a monster cap hit. $40 million on the cap if he's on the team, only $20 million if he's off. If you're Pittsburgh, here's the problem. He's been hurt the last couple of years, and Pittsburgh can't find anybody to replace him. They haven't drafted anyone to replace him. How do you get rid of him? He still had a good year. He was 30-some touchdowns. I mean, but he had a rough last couple of weeks, but he's going to be 39 years old. That's going to be – remember what I kept saying, Broads? This offseason, if you have a Wentz, if you have a Darnold, if you have a quarterback that has some value and you want to trade – those teams, I think Drew Brees is done. Yes. I think Roethlisberger is done. Brady, I think, will play again next year, but they might say, if you want to trade us a guy, we want to groom him and let him learn under Brady for a year. There's going to be opportunities to trade quarterbacks this offseason. I think you are correct. All right, Ravens-Titans. Lamar Jackson gets the first victory of his career in yeah. the playoffs, 20-13, to final score. Happy for him. Wasn't as fun of a game as I thought it was going to be. It was more of a, you know, I thought it was going to be kind of wide open back and forth like the game they had last year. But, hey, Lamar Jackson got that, uh, you know, shut up the critics because they said he couldn't win that big game. And then everybody said, oh, the Titans are perfect for them. And they had a great game plan. Give uh Give the Ravens credit. Greg Roman. Definitely. Had a good game plan, too. Definitely. Rams, Seahawks. Now, golf didn't start. Then they get injured. Josh Adams hit him with the... Or what happened yeah. to Seattle? They got DK Metcalf on their team. Josh Adams. Was he the running back for the Eagles? Jamal Adams. Josh Adams was the running yeah. back. <laughs> Seahawks got to be one of the most disappointing, you know, over the last eight weeks. Their defense turned around. What happened to the offense? I don't know. Saints, Bears. Easy kind of victory. Yeah. Boring game. 
Buccaneers, Washington. I called that one. Played out I the thought, way we thought. No, they scored a lot more points. I thought it'd be like 22 to 9, somewhere in that range, but I liked Washington in that game. Last one, Bills took care of the Colts. 27 24. Frank Reich with some Doug Peterson uh, play calls. Yeah, well, I said Frank, like, their defense is why they were there. Frank Reich wasn't why Indianapolis was there. It was there. Uh, uh, that it was uh, defense. Blah 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 blah. Hey, tomorrow we're jam packed. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Game night's up next. Dave Weinberg, six fifteen. Paul Hudrick, six forty. Have a good night.